This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the Out of the Box Draft is a sports nicknames draft. The question and answers segment covers college basketball and the college football playoff 12-team outlook as of right now, as well as NBA awards predictions as the NBA season starts. This week in sports covers the Cocho and LSU debacle, as well as our picks for the college football slate of games, Notre Dame versus USC, Iowa State versus Oklahoma State, and Clemson versus Pitt. Sports. Welcome back, everyone. Excited to have you along with us for the Friday, October 22nd edition of the show. Uh, Dylan Jesperson here in Michigan. Dylan Holtz down in the great state of Kentucky joining me to talk some sports today. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. Um, I want to, before I get started into my uh, reactions from my last week of sports that I always get into, I want to wish a big happy birthday to my father and one of my great friends, Drew Lucas, both their birthdays. Want to get that out there. Special shout out to them. Um, it's been a really weird week of sports for me. Uh, last Saturday, I was really hyped up for Tennessee Ole Miss. As I think almost everyone knows, that was the weirdest college football game maybe ever. And I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to get sad again. Um, and then Monday night, the Titans played the Bills in a fantastic Monday night football game that the Titans somehow found a way to win. Derrick Henry maybe put himself in the MVP race. Probably not because the NFL is not going to give it to a running back. But more or less, it was really fun. Um, basketball is back. Uh, Bucks Nets uh, night one was really unexpectedly not a good game. Giannis and the Bucks just looked really good. And then last night the Grizzlies played, uh, and Ja made a statement like we've been saying for the last few weeks. Ja's hey, this might be a breakout season for him. And it looks like it. He looked really good against the Cavs. So a lot of fun sports going on. Uh, it was it was down for me at the beginning of the week, and it's just gone up, up, up. So I'm sure this week it'll be down, down, down. But hey, that's how it goes. Um, excited to be here. Excited for a really good show. Yeah, I'm excited to get doing today as well. We have a fun group of topics today, and I'm excited to start a, a fun weekend of covering sports. It starts uh, tonight. I'm going to the Michigan Madness event for the University of Michigan basketball team tomorrow night, uh, which would be tonight if you're listening listening to us right now. Uh, I will be at a big high school football matchup here in Michigan between Gross Point South and Gross Point North. Five-star cornerback Will Johnson leading the Blue Devils against their rivals from Gross Point North. North. And then on Saturday, uh, going to Ann Arbor to cover Michigan and Northwestern. So, uh, and that'll be our last matchup before we take on an undefeated Michigan State in East Lansing. So, big weekend as a Michigan fan, but also as a journalist for me, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to bring you along for a fun show today. Reminder to follow the Tunnel Vision Sports Network anywhere you listen to podcasts. That way you never miss an episode. As always, we start with our out of the box draft, and we have another fun one for you guys this week. Uh, many players and athletes have come and gone, but only have a few. 
uh, and actually a, a good few have had a nickname to the given to them that has defined their legacy or at least stuck with them long enough for us to remember it. So today we're doing our best sports nicknames draft, a fun topic with a lot of different routes, uh, going drafting players, coaches, maybe even uh, executives and journalists if you wanted to go that way. But uh, if you think they were iconic enough, but we'll get going into it. Let's get the coin going so we can decide the order uh, and get into the draft today. Uh, you know what I'm calling you know what I'm calling, tails and it never fails. That's good old George Washington on that quarter. Um, I'll let you go with the first pick because there's just so many nicknames. I don't know where to start, and I don't want that pressure on me. So I'll put that pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't want the first pick either. But if I have to take the first pick, uh, I do know where I'm going with it. As a Michigan fan, I usually do everything I can to avoid giving Michigan State or Ohio State any love. But being from the state of Michigan – uh, there's no nickname as iconic as Magic Johnson is. Uh, so I got to take Magic Johnson. Uh, it's the per- perfect first pick in this draft because not only is he an NBA legend, top 10 player ever, but uh, you basically only know Magic Johnson by his nickname. Uh, if I told you, if I, if someone came up to you on the street and said, Hey, I think Irvin Johnson is the best point guard in NBA history. It, it might, cl- it might click after a minute, but it'll take a second for you to realize who I'm talking about. But if I say magic's the best point guard ever, there's no, there's no doubting who that is. So it's a perfect nickname to talk about it, it, it encapsulate his skills as a point guard as a six foot nine, six foot 10 point guard. Uh, and then it's iconic. You know, we only know magic by magic and, He's one of the best players in NBA history. So uh, I think it's a, a, a triple threat in terms of one of the best nicknames of all time. Uh, and I'll get magic on my list. I'll throw it to you for the, the second and third picks of the draft. So fantastic pick. Obviously magic was on, on my list. Um, my first pick, I'm going to go with also a basketball player. I'm going to go out of LSU. Uh, he also played for the New Orleans Jazz, not the not the Utah Jazz. One with uh, Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete. I, I think Pistol Pete doesn't get talked about enough. And Pistol Pete is just a fantastic nickname for a basketball player that like to let it fly and make a lot of shots uh, where that pistol comes in. Uh, and he just doesn't get talked about enough. He was kind of – he was a modern basketball player playing back in the day before there was even a three-point line. Uh, and going back and watching his highlights are always – it's just mesmerizing. It's like, how was this guy doing this before the time of Curry and Trey Young and all these guys that we have now? He was, he was the innovator and uh, was way, way ahead of his time and uh, passed away way too soon, too, which is not going to get into that. But very, very sad story with Pistol Pete, uh, how, how short his life uh, was. Um, but Pistol Pete was my first pick. Second pick, um, I'm going to go with Tiger Woods because I thought Tiger was his name. And I found out it wasn't and was shocked. His name's Eldrick Woods, but obviously goes by Tiger. In my opinion, the greatest golfer ever. Um, the stuff he did uh, before injury and even after injury, just incredible. Uh, but yeah, I before I was doing research, I thought his name was Tiger. I thought his name was Tiger Woods on his birth certificate. Found out it was Eldrick, and I was absolutely shocked. So I'll go Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete, Eldrick Woods, or as you know, normal people know him, Tiger Woods. That's my second pick. Throw it to you for the next two picks. Both great picks, uh, quickly on both of them. I, I used to work with a guy named Peter. I, I used to work at a Culver's, and a guy, I had a guy named Peter, and I'd call him Pistol Pete. I, I'm a nickname guy. I love giving people nicknames. I would call him Pistol Pete all the time, and he didn't know where it came from, and I was like, all right, when you go home tonight, you're going to look up Pistol Pete on YouTube, and he comes back the next day, and he's like, dude, 
that man was that man was nice with it. That man could play some basketball. Uh, he is definitely one of the even. I feel like people know who he is, but still overlooked as how good he was because he didn't have, uh, you know, as you said, as long of a career as he could have. And, and uh, moving on, Tiger was on my list. I'm going to have to re redo uh, reach into my alternates now because uh, Tiger fits with that magic type of thing. You, like you said, you only know him as Tiger. If you told me Eldrick Woods is one of the best golfers of all time, it would take, take me a couple minutes for to me, for it to click in my mind, but awesome picks. Love both of them. Uh, for my next two picks, uh, I'm going to try to spread it out and get one from each sport, not double up in, in any sports. So with my second pick, I'm going to baseball and I'm going with big poppy David Ortiz. Uh, and I think for me and recent baseball fans like us, uh, no nickname sticks out more like big poppy because how good the Red Sox were once Ortiz and Manny linked up in Boston and how good the Red Sox have, were. Uh, while Ortiz was playing there. Uh, the Tigers, of course, were victims of a postseason big poppy blast of epic proportions when he hit that grand slam in the 2013 ALCS, basically won the series on, in, when, with one swing. Uh, but again, big poppy is one of those nicknames, especially when we were growing up, that if it stuck out and defined the player better than we could. You said big poppy was up to bat and you knew something special could happen at any time. So uh, I love that pick from the baseball realm uh, for my wraparound snake pick, uh, a little bit of a biased pick, but I also think a great pick uh, in terms of recent players and recent nicknames. I'm going with Calvin, Calvin Johnson and Megatron uh, because I've got ba- basketball, baseball covered in football uh, those, I mean, this, uh, in recent, in recent times, uh, there's been no better wide receiver, uh, and he's the greatest lion in my lifetime. And the nickname Megatron, I think it just is so perfect for Calvin Johnson because, uh, to create, he seems like a created Madden player, six foot five can run a four, three, five, 40. He's uh he, he was a robot and that's just what, that's why that name worked so well. Uh, and when he was dominant in, in Detroit, it was a lot of fun to watch. So, um, I think both of those names, two of the most fitting nicknames of all time. uh, And I'm happy to have both of them on my list. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks. Both of those names, obviously on my list, iconic nicknames in the world of sports. Uh, I wanted Big Poppy, but I'll transition to a different big nickname in baseball. Um, I'm going to go Big Sexy, uh, Bartolo Colon. Uh, Bartolo played for, it seems like, every team in the MLB, except for the Cardinals is what it seemed like. Every year I was like, He's getting older. Maybe the Cardinals will bring him in as a bullpen arm. Never happened. Wish it would have happened because I've always just loved Bartolo. And I think everyone loves Bartolo. I, you can't help but love the guy. Uh, obviously, a more heavy set guy. And he just, he's just a charmer on the, on the diamond. Uh, and I, I think it was with the Mets a few years ago when he hit that home run. Got to be, we didn't mention our best sports moment draft. But that definitely could have been up there. It meant nothing, but it was Bartolo Colon, big, sexy, hitting a home run. Uh, he's an absolutely iconic player that uh, was really good. And I think that gets overlooked by kind of the meme of Bartolo Colon and big, sexy. But it is what it is. I'm happy. I would have liked to have Big Poppy, and I'm very happy having Big, sexy Bartolo Colon joining my uh, squad of great nicknames. And with this last pick, I think I'm going to dip into your Michigan pool. Uh, I'm going to go to Detroit, and I'm going to go to the Red Wings. I'm going Mr. Hockey Gordy Howe because I think that nickname, you got Wayne Gretzky, the great one. That's the worst. We, everybody knows Wayne Gretzky so good. 
You get the nickname Mr. Hockey. I'm, I We've talked about this before. I like hockey. I think it's a very fun sport. Getting more and more into it. When I when I see that this guy, Gordy Howe, his nickname is Mr. Hockey, that sticks off the board. It's like, hey, it's his sport. That like The NHL belongs to Mr. Hockey, Mr. Howe. That, uh, that just sticks off. Obviously, great player. You can look at the numbers. I didn't write down the numbers because not all of them resonate with me. Hockey's awesome, but I, I don't have that full grasp of the hockey and what the numbers mean to me. Gordy Howe, awesome player, awesome nickname of Mr. Hockey. Had to snag that up uh, with my last pick. But yeah, Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey, big sexy Bartolo Colon uh, joining the squad. And I'll throw it to you for the last pick. Great picks, obviously. Gordy Howe, as someone that's not, both of us aren't hockey guys, but I do know about Gordy Howe. You might not know. There's a statistic called the Gordie Howe hat trick, which is basically a goal, an assist, and a fight. Uh, that yeah. just sums up the 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 essence of what Gordie Howe was. You don't need to know much more than that. Love both of those picks. And there's a lot of big nicknames in baseball. Uh, we'll get into it in our alternates, I'm sure. But there are a lot of the big something, a big poppy, big sexy, uh, big, big things in baseball. Uh for my last pick, I do have to dip into my alternates, and I'm just trying to figure out where I was go- going to go with it. Uh, I I don't think I can stick. I guess I will. I will stick with my – I'm going to do one from each sport. Uh, I was going to take Tiger Woods and finish it out with golf, uh, but I will stick in Detroit. Another great hockey nickname. Uh, it's just Stevie Y for Steve, Steve Eiserman. He was the best uh, hockey player growing up in my mind. He was one of the first guys I latched onto as a young hockey fan. Uh, and Steve Eiserman has meant so much to the Red Wings, uh, multiple Stanley Cup championships. He's now the GM here, uh, making big moves, uh, making that team competitive again. And uh, you, you, you say Stevie Y, you can also say the captain, but I felt like that was too close, too close to uh, Derek Jeter's Derek nickname. Jeter. Yeah, yeah, so so I, I went with Stevie Y. I think that's the, you know, you say Stevie Y in the state of Michigan and everyone knows who you're talking about. So maybe a little bit more uh, biased to me, but uh, gets me my hockey pick, gets me uh, four different sports and uh, and I'll take it. I'll, I'll snatch it up with my fourth pick. Good enough for me. Um, obviously a bunch of alternates between the both of us. Uh, what do you got on your alternates list? So I won't read them all, but I'll, I'll go over some of them. I've got the refrigerator, William Perry. You've got the great one, Wayne Gretzky, obviously. AI, Allen Iverson, uh, Sir Charles Barkley, Teddy Two Gloves, Bridgewater, Johnny Football. One that I really wanted to go with, and I probably should have, but I didn't for my bias. The Bounce Bros, John Morant and Shaq Buchanan from Murray State. That was their iconic two-year run in Murray, Kentucky. The Splash Bros. And Golden State, Steph and Clay, um, the Black Mamba, Kobe, uh, Stand the Man, Usual, the Hick from French Lick, uh, Larry Bird, Swaggy P, uh, White Chocolate, Butterbean, uh, Penny Hardaway, The Glove, The Truth, Mean Joe Green, Broadway Joe, Mr. October, Primetime, Beyond uh, Sanders. This is probably my favorite one that I didn't know. Dave Parker. Uh, former Pittsburgh Pirate, his nickname was the Cobra. And I think that's a very cool nickname that I had never heard. And then the last one on my list, uh, the Big O, right next to Shady McCoy and Swag Kelly. But yeah, I I had quite a few alternates that I just wrote down. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to pick, but I'm very happy with the four I did say. Did you have any alternates? Absolutely. Like I said uh, during it, there's a lot of bigs in the the MLB. So you got the big 
the big poppy, big sexy. You got the big unit with Randy Johnson, the big hurt, uh, Frank Thomas. Uh, Detroit fans will know I'm talking about big red Chris Shelton. Uh, <laughs> interesting nickname and interesting story with Chris Shelton, but uh, a fan favorite here in Detroit. Uh, I've also got King James, Black Mamba, the microwave, Vinnie Johnson, also another Detroit favorite, uh, the mailman, uh, T Mac, the answer. Uh, and I also have the refrigerator and pistol Pete on there, uh, as well as a ton of other nicknames uh, that could have gone on that list. But uh, you had to cut it off somewhere. Uh, it should be a really interesting poll this week. I think one of the, maybe the closest polls we're going to have uh, in this one. So make sure you guys are looking out on our social media pages for that. And if you're listening on Spotify, I will put a question on this episode asking you if there's any nicknames that we missed. So be sure to let us know uh, on Spotify for that one. Moving on to, I think my favorite portion of the show each week, the Q and a portion where Dylan and I post questions to each other and and just talk about whatever comes to mind. Once the conversation gets going, Uh, my question revolves around basketball because the NBA starting has got me in the basketball mood. Uh, But I wanted to switch to college basketball as that season grows closer uh, simply put, Dylan, what teams and or players are you watching heading into this college basketball season? So I talked about it before football season started. I've like almost become a USC football fan, which has turned out not to be good for USC. I brought the Tennessee aura to USC, I think, and they have not had a good season. But that being said, I like a basketball team in Los Angeles as well. It's not USC, it's UCLA. Uh, from what they did last year, which they did a lot more than USC football did last year. So a little more legitimacy behind uh, the UCLA train, uh, hype train. Uh, with Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell being back, uh, that team's scary. And uh, Mick Cronin, in case you didn't know, former Murray State Racer head coach leading the way uh, for UCLA. So obviously got to gotta keep tabs on them and see what they're doing. I, I think they're probably going to run away with the Pac-12 and – I'd I'd like to see them do similar to what they did last year and just, but not be the underdogs, just kind of be UCLA like they should be. Uh, I think that makes college basketball better. I'm excited to see what Kentucky does because they had a really bad season and they reloaded uh, like they always do, but will it pan out to be seen? Um, And then I've got two other teams that are on my, on my watch list. Uh, Memphis. I want to, I want to see what Memphis does because they, has got a loaded roster with Penny Hardaway as the coach. Amani Bates, obviously there. Um, I'm hope, hoping I'll be able to see them play. They play Murray State in Memphis uh, in early December, and I'm hoping I'll be able to make the trip down down a couple hours south to watch that happen because uh, that team could be special. Uh, Penny could have something special on his hands at the FedEx Forum in Memphis because they, they look like they could be good. And then Baylor, obviously, the defending national champions, you gotta you got to keep tabs on them. Uh, I think they, they're not being really hyped up, which doesn't seem right. I mean, they're the defending champs, uh, but there's not a whole lot of chatter about them. There's, there's more chatter about, like, Memphis and Kentucky and maybe even Duke and North Carolina, the, the Blue Bloods. And uh, I think Baylor needs, needs, needs a little bit more love. They're, they're the defending national champions, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. But, yeah, basketball's coming back. Obviously, they're going to be watching out for the Vols and the Murray State Racers and seeing what they're doing, but uh, – they're not quite as hyped up this year as they have been the last few years, which is upsetting, but I still think both of them are really pretty good. Kennedy Chandler for Tennessee, freshman point guard. I think he's got a chance to get a real stud. I'm excited to watch him play. I mean, Tevin Brown is a name that a lot of people probably haven't heard. Uh, he's the star player for Murray State. I'm excited to see what he can do. 
back for another year. I, I believe this is his fourth year as a starter for Murray State, and he's he's got all the scoring load. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do, and him and KJ Williams and the boys and Navy and Gold see what they can do for Murray State and what might be Murray State's last year in the OVC. We shall see. But uh, yeah, excited for basketball to get started up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what teams are you looking at? What players uh, have you got your eyes on? Is college basketball back in like two weeks? A week? It's it's really soon. Yeah, it started in November. I think that first week of November is when the regular season games are, are going to start. And it always starts with those those first big matchups. I think it's Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, it's Kentucky and- Duke at Madison Square Garden. Kentucky yeah. Duke and Kansas Michigan State and it's always those four teams that are playing in the in that first that first day of games and it's always a ton of fun to watch it gets you in the college basketball mood uh love all the stuff you're talking there I'm going to get into some similar teams but for me it starts with Michigan uh if you had a time machine and you could go back and tell a young Dylan Jesperson hey Michigan basketball is going to be a better recruiting program than Michigan football I think my brain would just explode uh we we brought in the second best class according to 24 7 sports it was the number one class for a long time I still think it's probably the best class we brought in two five stars uh and one might not even start uh, I mean you that's that's going to be a unbelievable situation for me uh Caleb Houston is getting Paul George comparisons and if that's true man, this Michigan team could be really, really good. Uh, add in the fact that we've got Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks coming back. Uh, and, uh, you know, Brandon Johns is apparently going to start over a five-star in Musa Diabate. If that's true, then he's made some strides in the offseason. This team could be really, really scary uh, with a five-star coming off the bench, multiple four-stars from last year that are just getting better. I, I think Michigan is you – know, at six in the AP poll is being overlooked. I love, I like the Ken Palm ranking of us at two. Cause I think it, I think we're competing with Gonzaga and that brings me to my next point. Gonzaga is going to be fun to watch and then undefeated season watch again this year. And Chet Holmgren fits Gonzaga so perfectly. There's not been a recruit that fits Gonzaga better in this time or just in general, because uh, when we Probably when we first started watching college, uh, college basketball, Gonzaga was that that weird team. They had the, those interesting players that were good, and you didn't really understand why they were good, uh, but they were always competing and sneaky really good, and Gonzaga was always in the uh, competing in the tournaments. Now we know Gonzaga's good, and Chet Holmgren is still one of those guys where he's like, he's interesting to look at, but we know he's really good. We know he can play, so I think Gonzaga's – reloaded they're going to be just as good as last year even with losing Jalen Suggs you've got they're they're going to be fun to watch uh and uh, I I would love to see how Michigan stacks up against a Gonzaga team like that I, I still think Michigan might be more talented but uh we've seen Gonzaga play they're they're really really good uh and another team I'm looking at I think Ohio State's being overlooked as much as I hate to say it EJ Liddell is coming back uh, like you said, Memphis should take a big step forward this year, and it's going to be interesting if they don't take a step forward because they are, like you said, they're really good. And if they're not better this year, uh, I don't know if uh, Penny Hardaway is going to have – it's going to be feeling feeling a little bit of heat. I, I, he's recruited really, really well, but if that doesn't translate to success on the court, it's not going not gonna to be feeling good in Memphis. And, and then I'm also surprised that Michigan State was unranked to start the year. I think they'll be pretty uh, pretty – quickly into the top 25, but they do play Kansas to start the year. That's going to be tough. I, I think Kansas is going to be back this year. So, um, but I'm just excited. I think, you know, I, I tweeted this out earlier in the week uh, on the, on the day of the NBA restarting. I, I look forward to football. I yearn for football season when it's not playing, 
when basketball comes back, I just, I I have this feeling of, wow, I can't believe how much I missed this. Like this, this is perfect. I I didn't, I didn't understand how much I missed it, but I'm I'm so happy that it's back. Uh, And I'm looking forward to that feeling uh, for college basketball as well. Uh, On to your question now. Okay. I'm going to stick with college athletics. I'm going to, I'm going to flip like you. I'm very excited for college basketball to be back and it's going to be a lot of fun when it comes back. Um, But like I said last week, we're about halfway through the season of college football. And we talked about it. I think it was before college football started this year. I think it was probably over the summer when there was, we just had baseball going on. We needed, we needed something to talk about. We talked about um, the possibility of a 12-team playoff in college football. Um, well, I have a hypothetical for you. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going gonna, gonna to read some of these matchups and try to get you a little excited. So this is a hypothetical 12-team playoff bracket uh, for college football this year. The first game would be an eight-seed Ohio State against the nine-seed Ole Miss. And on that same side of the bracket would be uh, five-seed Michigan Wolverines against 12-seed Oregon. If Ohio State, the winner of Ohio State Ole Miss would face number one Georgia, winner of Michigan Oregon would face four-seed Alabama. What would you... What do you think about these possibilities? Uh, and I guess I can get to the other side too, where it would be 17 Oklahoma State, 10 seed Kentucky, uh, 16 Michigan State, 11 seed Wake Forest, and you've got two seed Cincinnati, three seed Oklahoma. We'll have this graphic up because I'm sure that was very confusing. Uh, but you, I, I assume you have it in front of you. I've sent it to you. Uh, what do you think about just kind of these matchups uh, and kind of seeing it with your own eyes rather than just hearing 12 team playoff? How what does it make yeah, so I think it, it's a bit uh, – there's a couple things I look at. So, one, this is, like, just the straight-up top 12 uh, of what we're uh, – this is just, like, the straight-up top 12 uh, of the of the AP top tw- uh, 25 right now. Um, the college football playoff proposal right now for the 12-team playoff does give the bias to the top conference champion. So it might look a bit different – in practice so Cincinnati probably wouldn't get that by because they're not a power five team um uh, and then one Michigan or Ohio State in this situation or Michigan State would would get a buy too because there would be a big 10 team as well uh getting a buy somewhere so I think uh, uh there would be a Pac-12 team maybe somewhere in there as well taking Cincinnati spot either way I, I like this one better and I think this is the one that they should stick with because this generates the best matchups and there's not that debating over whether a conference championship means more we'll, we'll just do the rankings if they're if truly they're the top four teams then it shouldn't matter if you have a conference championship but getting on to these matchups I love these matchups uh, I think all of these matchups bring their own uh, interesting stuff even if I think one side is a little bit weaker than the other side um, and we can get into that but Ohio State and Ole Miss I think you know Lane Kiffin and Ryan Day the, the offense in that game would be so much fun to watch uh, I told you that Michigan Oregon game would be scary for me. I don't, I don't know if I would be really excited for that game, but I do think those teams match up really well. They've got pretty average to above average offenses, but really, really solid defenses. And I think that's a, a solid matchup in its own right. Oklahoma state and Kentucky are very similar in that they're like the, the second team or the third team in their conference. And, and they play some good offense, they play some good defense, but they don't really have an identity for what their team is really. So uh, it, I think I like that there and Michigan state and wake forest, how about the two breakout teams from the ACC and the big 10, you know, neither of those teams had any expectations of being in 
even even the top 25, much less a hypothetical top 12 playoff to start this season. So uh, awesome. I mean, that would be interesting enough. I think that the only that is the only problem is that side of the bracket is pretty weak, even with the two teams that are over there. So Cincinnati and Oklahoma, uh, I, I love Cincinnati, don't get me wrong, but but Cincinnati and Oklahoma are probably the weaker two teams between those top four teams. And then they would go on to play, you know, the the winner of Oklahoma State and Kentucky and the winner of Michigan State Wake Forest, which, uh, you know, I think Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Ole Miss, all of those teams are a bit better, even, even if they're ranked a little bit lower in, in some categories. But obviously that would play out throughout the season. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out as a lot of these teams are going to face each other anyway. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to say about it is that this just makes it I, – I get excited about this because it makes these matchups mean something. If these were just bowl games like they're going to be this year, if this – like if Michigan State was playing Wake Forest in the Orange Bowl, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't watch. But if they're playing in a playoff game with a chance to play Oklahoma next week, you bet I'm watching that game. You bet I'm tuning in. You bet I'm tuning in to all of these games because they all sound so fun and exciting. And if they mean something, that just makes it that much better. I think we're we're getting to the point where – Bowl games have to just be the consolation prize that we know that they are now and and really just invest in the playoff because, you know, just looking at this is awesome. But, but what are your thoughts on these matchups? Very similar. It just makes me excited for football. Uh, and I think the game that I – like, I know Ohio State Ole Miss would be awesome. Michigan-Oregon would be awesome. That Oklahoma State-Kentucky game is the most unpredictable game ever because Oklahoma State's got a really good offense. Kentucky has a really good defense. And I, I know Georgia scored, but Georgia's like the best team ever, it appears. Um, so I don't just discount that. Kentucky's going to go 11 and 1 more than likely. I, of course, I'm saying this now, and they're going to end up losing some games they don't need to because I just put a curse on every team I try to make predictions about. But Kentucky's good. And I, I think that offense versus defense, which one's out? And then whoever won that, I think would have a great chance to knock off Cincinnati. And then you're a game away from the national championship. That's insane. And I think it, the same thing goes, I think Michigan State is probably better than Oklahoma or better than Wake Forest. And I think Michigan State could beat Oklahoma. So that puts Michigan State a game away from the national championship. This also sets up a scenario where Michigan State could play Michigan in the national championship. That would be absurd. And you also have a scenario where Michigan and Ohio State are in the final four absurd just absurd stuff makes a lot of fun possibilities gets you gets more of that great college basketball postseason feel that i think is the high that everybody is chasing that would be awesome in college football because i think overall i like college football more than college basketball just like the season and stuff but the postseason in basketball is just the best thing ever and if we can get just even a little bit closer to the postseason college basketball has i am all for it and I think this is just a little bit closer. Obviously, you can't make the playoffs much bigger, but I think this might just be perfect. You reward the teams that the top four or conference champions. I don't really like the conference champions argument because the ACC is weak this year. The, the ACC is weak. The Pac-12 weak this year. So just do the top four. Let Cincinnati, they, they, they went undefeated. Let's reward them. And then Alabama's Alabama. They're obviously better than Wake Forest or – whoever wins the Pac-12, whether it be Oregon or Arizona State or Utah or whoever makes it out of there. Um, yeah, I, I think this is definitely the way to do it. And I think maybe in a few years, this is what we'll be doing. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be like 
two and a half weeks of football that would just be insane. And I very much look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it opens up the, the group of five teams to, to get their shot at, at competing. Um, it really doesn't, you know, it it also eliminates the the fear of the super conferences running everything because if you've got 12 teams, it's not like you're, there's gotta be a shot. You you can be in the top 12 at the end of the year, regardless of what your conference is. So uh, I, I think, yeah, we're moving towards a very perfect uh, postseason scenario for college football, especially if it's that let's go, let's go towards the top four, getting the buys and not the conference champions. And I think we'll all be on board. Uh, and I think college football fans are on board. I think we all want to do that uh, as well. All right. Awesome stuff. As always, we're going to move on to our final main topic for the day uh, with the NBA season getting underway. We decided to give our predictions our way too early predictions for who will win the NBA individual awards at the end of the year. Obviously tough to predict what's going to happen, but at least we'll give you a good starting point uh, for what we're thinking as the 2021 and 22 season begins. All right. So we'll start with rookie of the year an award. I will be tuned in very closely to uh, throughout the year. Uh, who do you have winning rookie of the year in the NBA this year? I, um, if you would have asked me this last night, I would have said Cade Cunningham, but I turned on the Pistons game unaware that Cade Cunningham was not going to play. And that upset me because I had no intentions of watching the Detroit Pistons. I had intentions of watching Cade Cunningham. And that's no flight to the Pistons. The Pistons just aren't there yet for me to appoint the television. I wanted to watch Cade's first minute, didn't play. So I was like, darn, that, that sucks. So um, I ended up watching Nick Celtics for a little while and then turned on the Grizzlies uh, Cavaliers. And I was blown away by Evan Mobley. And that's kind of been how it was at USC. I, every time I watched him at USC, I was like, whoa, this guy, he's about it. He's really good. And uh, he's a stat sheet stuffer. I, I think the Cavs are going to be decent because uh, they refused to go away against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had these runs where they'd get them down by 16, and Mobley and the Cavs would just fight back. So I, I, I think that's and that, if that's in game one, if they keep that same mentality, they're going to have a good year, and Mobley's going to be, be a big reason why. So long story short, I'm picking rookie of the year, Evan Mobley. I'm assuming, I assume I know who you're picking, but uh, who do you have as rookie of the year? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't hate that pick, but yeah, I'm going with Cade Cunningham for my rookie of the year. And this is not just a hopeful pick, but I think it's a serious pick. Uh, and I actually think this injury to Cade might help his uh, help his candidacy in a weird way. Uh, not that I want him to be hurt. And I've talked about it in the past. This is a this is a tough injury for for Pistons fans, uh, especially with the. Uh, uh, you know, he's gotten a lot of Grant Hill comparisons. And and if you remember, Grant Hill had ankle injuries that basically derailed his uh, career at, at, at the end of it. So um, scary to have our number one pick having ankle problems to start. But I think you look at this Pistons teams now, like you said, it, you, it wasn't fun to tune into the Pistons without Kate Cunningham on the floor. But I think they're close. And I think when Cade rejoins the team, I think you're going to see that boost that he brings to the floor. And I think... Once they take that major step forward to being competitive, once he gets back, I think everyone's going to be like, okay, Cade's for real. He he not only looks like a really good player, but when you put him onto a roster, they immediately get better. So I think that's what his rookie of the year candidacy is going to hinge on. He comes back, makes the Pistons immediately much better, and, and I think that's why he wins rookie of the year. Um, and I also think he's just miles ahead of everyone in that draft in a stacked draft class. Uh, so we'll move on. Uh, I said, we'll move on to six man of the year. Uh, Dylan, who do you think will be the best player off the bench? 
This one's really tough, but I am uh, I'm gonna go with Patty Mills from the Brooklyn Nets. You know, this obviously we've seen one NBA game so far uh, from both teams, uh, and he was really good in that one game. Twenty one points off the bench, seven of seven from three is absurd. And I don't think that's a one-game smart. Patty Mills is good at basketball. He was very good in San Antonio his whole career. And uh, we covered the Olympics this year, and I covered a lot of uh, Olympic basketball. And Patty Mills was putting on a show for Australia during the whole Olympics. So I, I, I'm thinking, you know what? He's got, he's got that Olympic bump behind him. Played really good over there. He's in Brooklyn. Uh, he's going to be the main uh, scorer off the bench, and he's going to get more minutes because – Right now, the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving, so he's going to get more point guard minutes. And we, who knows when Kyrie's going to be back. So uh, Patty Mills just needs more and more minutes. Uh, and he's going to score. It's what Patty Mills does. So, yeah, right now I'm going to say Patty Mills. But who knows? Patty Mills might be a starter in a couple months. So I don't know. He might he might be ineligible. Yeah, looking out for a big season for Patty Mills. Hopefully six man of the year. Who do you have being the man off the bench in the NBA? Yeah, that, that's the tough part about picking a six man of the year. A lot of the guys that even have odds for the six man of the year are – either in the starting lineup or you could easily see making the starting lineup within a, a couple of weeks. So my pick has to do with that. Uh, I think it's a, it's a bit of a long shot based on the odds, but I like Tyler hero uh, to win six man of the year out of Miami. He's going to play significant minutes behind Duncan Robinson, who's starting ahead of him right now. And Duncan just signed a pretty big contract. So if he stays in the starter role all year, which I think he might, I think Tyler hero just, eats up big minutes off the bench in a designated six-man role all year. And, and I'm, on top of that, Tyler Hero is really talented. If you haven't watched Tyler Hero play in Miami, that dude can play. He's not just a shooter. He can score the basketball. So I think uh, Miami takes a step forward with Kyle Lowry this year at the point. And I think uh, with Tyler Hero in a big role in the six-man spot, I, I think that makes sense for me right now. But like you said, who knows? He could be a starter very, very quickly. Um, and the uh, NBA could be in a different spot really quickly. Uh, I am going to move on to my most improved player of the year. Uh, this is probably the toughest one to predict. And, and as a Michigan fan, I would love to go with Jordan Poole here, but I'm going to go with my gut and take Michael Porter Jr. He He's going to play a major role in the Nuggets offense this year with Joe Murray's sideline uh, for a good chunk of the season. Uh, I've always loved Michael Porter Jr.'s game. I think he's going to thrive next to Jokic this year. Uh, I think uh, Denver is going to be a team to watch this year uh, because I, I think Michael Porter Jr., the steps he takes uh, moving forward is going to get him the most improved player. Uh, Dylan, what do you think for most improved player this year? For the MIP, I'm going with Demetrius Jamel Morant, point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. Last night, uh, he scored 37 points, grabbed uh, six rebounds, six assists, two blocks. Really, really good game to start the season. At the end of the game, shooting free throws, Memphis crowd can MVP, MVP. Not yet. I think they should have been chanting MIP, MIP. Because I think John Morant's going to be an all-star pretty easily on a team that's going to be fighting for the eighth seed because the West is stacked. They'll probably be like the nine or ten seed at the end of the year being the play-in tournament. But, uh, yeah, John, John's crazy. He, he really seems like he's got better. He seems more explosive, which is just absurd. Um, I have a good feeling that Ja might just – I might have a reserve spot in Silly Goose of the Week every week for John Morant because he just does stupid stuff. Uh, and if you follow the Dylan and Dylan show on Twitter, which you should be ready for a lot of John Morant highlights, because every time he does anything, you just want to clip it and be like, how, how does he do that? And if he's improving at that, that's terrifying for the national basketball association. So yeah, MIP John Morant. 
Yeah, I, I would assume there's going to be a lot of this week in sports topics that just revolve around the Grizzlies in the, in the next few weeks because I think John Moran's going to be breaking uh, breaking the internet a few times. I, I wanted to take John Moran. I just thought, you know, it's tough to win Rookie of the Year and then most pro- improved player in back-to-back season. It's, it's tough to do that because everyone already knows how good you are. But I, I, I love the pick. All right, we're going on to Coach of the Year now. Uh, predicting Coach of the Year is uh, much like – I'd say it was much like predicting who you either think is going to be the best team or who you think is going to have the best story. Because that's the only really two ways you win coach of the year. You either are, are the team of the team that, or the coach of the team that does the best, or you're a, a come, a come from an out of nowhere team that, that weathers a storm or something like that. They have a good story around it. So in that in mind, I'm going with Steve Kerr uh, with this one. And, and I think the Warriors could be back this year. And I, and I think I know Steve Kerr is a heck of a coach. And if Golden State can weather that storm until Clay returns, I think the Warriors could be a scary competitive team in the West all of a sudden. I think people are overlooking them a little bit. Uh, and I know Steve Kirk can did it done. Uh, we saw the Warriors upset the Lakers on, on night one. Uh, so uh, obviously the Lakers have some things to, to work forward. Uh, they only have three returning players from last year. But uh, I think the Warriors are a little bit slept on this year uh, in terms of what they could do. And I think if they, they come out, they're one of the top teams in the West. I think Steve Kerr is definitely in that coach of the year conversation uh, at the end of the year. So, so moving on, what do you, who do you have at coach of the year? So I, it took me a while to think about this one um, because there were three names I really liked. I like Jason Kidd in Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be really good. We talked about that. Like Rick Carlisle in Indiana. I talked about that when the Pacers hired him. I was like, that's that's a move that watch out. The Pacers can sneak deal with Carlisle's coach. Um, and I still think they will be. But I am going to go with uh, Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. Because the Jazz were the best team in the NBA last year. And I think they're better this year. They went and added Ruby Gay and Hassan Whiteside to that roster. And I we, we did our NBA power rankings, which came out last week. And I was doing my little write-up about the Jazz. And I was like, holy cow, they got better. That's absurd. Um, and they're just, they're going to win a ton of games in Utah. And Quinn Snyder deserves uh, the recognition and honor of Coach of the Year. He really does because he does a great job with that team. Because they, I mean, they've got Gobert and they've got Donovan Mitchell, but they, like, they don't get the hype that the Lakers do or the Clippers do or the Nets or whoever else you want to mention. They, for some reason, they get pushed aside. And I feel like there's a very good chance they'll be the one seed when we get to the playoffs next summer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with good old Quinn Snyder out of Utah. All right. We got two more player awards. I'll throw it to you first for this one. Uh, defensive player of the year. Who do you got uh, winning the defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year. Uh, forward from the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think this is Giannis' season uh, where he's not going to have a hangover from winning the championship. I think he's just going to keep being a silly goose. Kind of like Ja. Uh, we've been talking about Ja getting better. Giannis is still 26 years old. And in that first game, it really seemed like he's just getting better off a short off season. So I, I think Giannis is going to take home defensive play of the year. Take, uh, take away from Rudy uh, Gobert for a change and uh, take it home, add to mantle. Who do you have winning defensive player of the year? I'm right there with you on this one. I like Gian- Giannis winning defensive player of the year. I think we saw in the NBA Finals uh, just how versatile he, versatile he is as a defender. Uh, and he showed it on opening night with the way he can block shots, but the way he can guard all five positions and guard all five positions really well 
uh, is what makes him so indispensable for that Bucks team. Uh, even, you know, putting aside what he does on the offensive side of the ball and how much of a mismatch he is. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, easily can guard guys like DeAndre Ayton or guys like, you know, Chris Paul, like that there's not, there's very few humans in the world that can do that. So uh, I think Giannis takes a step this year. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have more defensive plays that break Twitter than offensive plays this year. Cause I think he's just such a freak on that defensive end. So I like Giannis uh, for defensive player of the year as well. Finally, the big one, the MVP award, Dylan, who you have is your most valuable player headed into the 2021 season. I really wanted it to be Luka Doncic. I really, really did. And I had Luka Doncic wrote down and I was like, I'm going to say Luka Doncic. This is the year it's happening. And I erased it. It's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I just feel like in all faith, that's who it is. I think, I, I, I think like I said, the defensive player of the year, he's just going to ride that wave of the championship and just, just be a silly goose and do a lot of silly things on the court. And that's what he did on Tuesday against the Nets. And I know the Nets were Kyrie Irvingless, but that's still Kevin Durant. And that's still James Harden. And that's still Steve Nash, a coach. And they, they still have an absurd amount of talent on that team. And Giannis made them look like a JV team. And that's stupid. Uh, that shouldn't be happening. And, I, yeah, Giannis, is, Giannis is, is the best player on the planet, like I said last week. Uh, and he's going to win the MVP, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who do you have winning MVP? Yeah, I think uh, I think I might regret this and not going with Giannis because I I said if he learns a jump shot, he's going to be very dangerous. We've seen him hitting jump shots to start the year, so I I think I could be running myself away from an easy pick. But I think I have to go with KD, uh, and I think especially with the Kyrie Irving baggage, uh, it's it's being you know the Nets are becoming just you know the sideshow. Everyone's talking about what the Nets are going to be. Uh, and overlook kind of almost overlooking how talented they're going to be regardless of what happens with Kyrie Irving's fate. Uh, and I think a big part of it is going to be KD taking a big step. Uh, I think if you see KD step up and go, look, this is, this is my team. I've got to take the reins of this team now that Kyrie is out of it. Uh, I think they still have a, a really high chance of winning the East, even without Kyrie in that lineup. And, and I think an MVP type season from Kevin Durant is something to expect this year because he's going to have to carry a big load even with James Harden next to him uh it's going to be tough for just those two to get it done I like KD I think he's I think he's the most talented player in the in the NBA so if you get a full uh a full NBA season out of him I think he he competes for the MVP and probably wins it in, in my mind but we will see as we move on it's, it's very early so we will definitely have to revisit this as the season moves along uh, awesome stuff. Excited to have basketball back. We will move on to this week in sports and reflect on some major news within the SEC as Coach O and LSU reached a mutual agreement to part ways at the end of the season. Funny enough, I said the loser of the Florida LSU game last week would fire their head coach, and it was the winner who agreed to part ways with their head coach after the game. So, uh, Dylan, I have a few questions surrounding Coach O and LSU. Uh, what do you think Coach O's legacy at LSU is he's obviously got the national championship but now leaving uh at the end of the year uh do you like the idea of letting essentially a lame duck head coach finish the season at LSU and finally what do you think uh who do you think could be next in line uh to be the the next football coach in Baton Rouge so starting with his legacy I, I think it's it's being the head coach of one of the best college football teams of all time that team of Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I mean, it's probably the best offense, no doubt, of all time in college football. 
And I mean, it was just a ride that season with all they did. Um, just basically walking to a national championship. It wasn't, I mean, Alabama put up a really good fight against them, but other than that, they, they didn't have very many close games at all. Um, and his other legacy will, will be the iconic post game uh, interviews on the sidelines where he would just rip a good old go Tigers. That'll, that'll go down in infamy. And that, that'll, that'll be clipped by LSU Twitter to the end of time uh, whenever they do something just like go Tigers just for the rest of the time, which is, it should be. Coach Ozen, Louisiana guy, you can, tell, you can tell he cares about LSU. He cares about the kids. He cares about the university, uh, which makes it sad. And uh, it makes you think that um, the team will probably rally around him as he's going out, which might they might perform better in these last few weeks, which it's like that's kind of detrimental to what they're trying to do. They're trying to get Coach O out of the door, but they might. Um, end up doing better, which which sucks. Um, they, I, I think they decided to do this because they were going to do this a few years ago with Les Miles, and the same thing happened where the team rallied around Les Miles and they ended up winning a few games they shouldn't have, and they had to keep Les Miles around a little bit longer, which they didn't want to do. So they, they got ahead of it here and uh, got Coach O out of Baton Rouge, um, which sucks because he just seems like he should be the head coach at LSU. He just he has that aura. He's got that Louisiana uh, accent, and he just, I don't know, it just fits. It just fits so, so well. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next with Coach O and LSU, because uh, I don't think Coach O's done coaching at all. I, he loves football way too much. He'll end up somewhere as a coordinator or just an analyst for a season and then a coordinator. Or I could see a smaller school being like, hey, come be our head coach. You know, you won a national championship two years ago. Um because Coach O can coach, there's no doubt about it. There's been a lot of people saying that he can't, and that's absurd. He's been coaching for way too long for that to be true. That Coach O, Coach O's a ball coach. He's a classic, good old Southern ball coach. That's that's always kind of been the narrative around him. I think that'll stick. I mean, he, you can go back and watch the Blind Side, the story about Michael Orr and Coach O's sitting right there, just being Coach O, which is perfect. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next for him. I'd love to see him. Uh, come back to Knoxville in some role. That would be really cool. If it's just for a season, uh, I'd like to see Coach O back in Knoxville. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I just hope he's around SEC football because he should be. And I, I know he was very good out in L.A. with USC, but um, but it seems like players love him, uh, programs love him, and uh, he, he just needs to be around SEC football. As far as what LSU is going to do next, I think that's really exciting. Um, I can see them going to the NFL. And trying to get a guy like Joe Brady, who obviously was there when uh, when they won the national championship. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Joe Brady wants to probably stay in the NFL. That's kind of been the rumors. We, a name we've talked about, Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs. I really want him to go to college, and I really want him to go to either LSU or USC, either one, because I think he'd thrive. And I think Eric Bieniemy is too good of a football brain not to be a head coach. And if either LSU or USD offer him the job, he should jump at it because he can succeed at either one of those. Um, I've heard maybe uh, Mark Stoops out of Kentucky to LSU. I think that would be very stupid of Mark Stoops. I don't know why he would do that because he can stay at Kentucky until the end of time and win seven games a year and he'll have a statue. There's, I mean, I know they're doing really good this year and they're, they might win 11 games, but they're the expectations at Kentucky and LSU are just so different. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see one of those NFL guys. 
it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I've also heard people say that LSU is the best job in the country, and I think that's absurd. That it's not. I LSU can win national championships, they can win SEC championships, but as you can see over the last few years, it's very inconsistent. And you can go from winning a national championship with a team people called the best team ever to being fired. I mean, it's really quick. Uh, so I, it's not the best job in the country. It, if we got the best job in the country just for the jobs available right now, it's probably USC. I think, I think I'd still probably put USC above LSU just because the competition is different. You can win the Pac-12 a lot quicker than you can take over at LSU that's trying to rebuild and trying to compete with uh, Alabama, Auburn, A&M, Georgia, Florida, hopefully Tennessee gets better, Kentucky. Um, just all of those teams in the SEC just feel very good. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a project that ever gets it. And good luck. Uh, but, yeah, it's Baton Rouge, interesting, interesting place right now. Uh, what are your reactions and your own answers to your own questions? Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with you on that. Uh, USC is definitely a better job than LSU right now, especially you know, they're the one, they're the team out West and they're in LA versus, you know, there's a bunch of different teams in the SEC. I, you can maybe call LSU one of them, but uh, there's definitely an L, a team in Alabama that is a little bit better off than, than yeah, LSU. Yeah, I think, I think it was Bomani Jones that said it. I'm, if Bomani, if I'm misquoting you, I'm sorry. Bomani might have been the person agreeing with me, but it was, it was, I was listening to Bomani Jones and that's how it came up. And I was just like, this is crazy. LSU is not the best job in the country, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, first, uh, for Coach O's legacy, I think he'll always just be remembered as the guy that put that finishing touch on a tremendously talented LSU team that got them a national title. He didn't have to do much, but he did go out and secure Joe Burrow in the transfer portal. I knew Joe Burrow was a good quarterback at Ohio State. He pushed Dwayne Haskins for that job. Uh, did you hear Did you hear the Joe Burrow-Greg Schiano story that came out this week? No, I didn't, actually. So – are you aware of what happened with Greg Schiano in Tennessee uh, when Tennessee hired Jeremy Pruitt? Okay. So apparently Greg Schiano and Joe Burrow had developed a very close friendship. If Schiano would have got hired at Tennessee, he was bringing in Burrow to be the, the starting quarterback at Tennessee. Obviously Tennessee fans rioted and said, we don't want Schiano. Schiano doesn't get hired. He goes to Rutgers. Uh, Joe Burrow decides, I don't want to go to Rutgers. Visits other schools. Decides to go to um, LSU, and now Burrow's a legend, Heisman winner, first overall pick, repping the Tigers, and Cincinnati Bengals. There's a different universe where Greg Schiano's in Tennessee, and I things might be a lot different. But yeah, had to share that. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's always tough to have those stories where you could have had someone, and then you realize uh, your own actions, basically as a fan base, uh, got 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 you out of that situation. Tough. Uh, especially because Joe Burrow was a big part of pushing that LSU offense and becoming what maybe the best offense of all time, maybe the best team of all time. Uh, and, uh, you know, that offense may may not have been designed by Coach O, neither in recruiting or play calling, because it seemed like Joe Brady really was the engineer of that offense. But uh, Coach O was a big part of that. He brought in Joe Burrow and he kept the most talented group of guys together and as a player's coach that's what he did and you got to give coach o his respect in that regard uh so i think he'll always be remembered as that guy that just you know kind of found himself in a really a really really good situation and then made it a great situation 
And then it kind of fell apart pretty quickly for him. Uh, for the second point, if I'm LSU, there's no way I let Coach O finish the season. Just just fire him. I, I, that's that's what I, I, I don't understand. I, I get what you're saying where you don't want him to, to win the games uh, and end up needing the uh, – or having a, a – a, a, having a movement behind him to keep his job, but uh, that doesn't happen if you just fire him. And I just don't, you know, either way, I think it's going to be tough to like finish a season for a guy that isn't going to be there at the end of the year. I, I, I don't know how coach O does it, uh, uh, you know, puts his whole effort into winning games or the players do it, you know, winning games for a guy that they know that's not going to be there. And you're already past the four game mark. So guys can't save this year of eligibility, which I think is just a dumb idea by both LSU and coach O uh, to do this at this point in time. So I think that was just a dumb idea in, uh, in regards to letting him finish the year. And then finally uh, I'm loving the Mel Tucker rumors to LSU, not only because Mel Tucker has done a tremendous job at MSU thus far, and his team is scaring me uh, at this point, but because I think he actually fits with LSU. He's a former uh, Saban uh, assistant, uh, and what he's been able to do at MSU is perfect for what LSU needs. A guy, he can he can take the talent that's already on the team and then plug in some guys from the transfer portal and make it a, a, a competitive team immediately while doing recruiting on the back end to make it an actual program. I, I mean, Michigan State has gone from a team that looked like it was dying, the football program that looked like it was on the on the decline really quickly, to a team that's, you know, a top 10 undefeated team uh, doing better in recruiting than they've ever done. So uh, all of a sudden Mel Tucker is an awesome name. I just, it's tough to see a dude like that go from, you know, basically one year at Colorado to two years at Michigan state to then jumping ship again and going to LSU. I think that's just, it's a tough look for anyone to do something like that. Um, but I wouldn't put, I mean, money talks and, and college football, a big part of it is the money. So I think LSU would have more than enough money to uh, change his mind in that regard. So I love the uh, Mel Tucker rumors. I think you bring in a, a guy that has learned the ropes uh, in the SEC before uh, and, and can get it done. I think that's an awesome hire for them. And it, it takes uh, Michigan State's head coach away and they're in the in job search again. So that all, all everything works out in, in that regard. So I, I, I'm full on the coach Mel Tucker for LSU. All right. So that will do it there. We're going to move on to our college football picks of the week. Sorry, we didn't get our Twitter poll up, but we've mutually decided to pick the USC and Notre Dame game. Uh, I've got us picking the Oklahoma state and Iowa state game. And Dylan has the Clemson pick game for us this week. We will start with the USC Notre Dame game, a classic football rivalry this weekend. Dylan, who do you have uh, in that game? I want to pick my second team, the USC Trojans. I really, really do, but they're they're just hurt, and I I don't think Drake London can pull out a win on his own. He can't throw himself the ball, which is a shame because he is so dead gum good. But they're going to South Bend, and Notre Dame needs to needs to uh, get some wins, and I they're going to beat a USC team that's just shorthanded, which is unfortunate. But hopefully, Drake London can put on a show with whoever USC puts a quarterback because there's no telling. Jackson Dart's hurt. Um, Keaton Slovis still isn't 100%. So we'll see. Uh, should be interesting. But I think Notre Dame will probably win, probably comfortably, which means USC is going to win because I can't predict games. But uh, go ahead. Who do you have picking 
uh, between USC and Notre Dame. Yeah, I should probably learn my lesson and not pick the same teams that you picked this week, but I will go with Notre Dame as the same with uh, with you this week. Uh, I think Notre Dame is just much more talented than them. Uh, you got an interim head coach going into Notre Dame. That's tough to do. I mean, that's regardless of how good Notre Dame is. If you're if you're not fully on board, it's going to be tough to win in South Bend. So uh, Notre Dame. They need to keep winning, uh, and I think they get it done against USC this week. Uh, we will move on to Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Who do you like in Ames, Iowa this week? Um, I'm going to go with the upset. Oklahoma State's undefeated. Oh, you're, you, I think I saw that face. I think you're thinking upset, too. Um, I, Oklahoma State's undefeated, but I, I think Iowa State's finally got to that point where they're playing like they should have been preseason. I didn't think they had a chance to take Oklahoma State down. Um, I like Oklahoma State, and I'm mostly picking this because I want Oklahoma State to keep winning because um, I know I'm going to jinx them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to Iowa State. Brees Hall, he's a really good running back. Uh, it's at home. It'll be a raucous environment. Uh, they're going to want to get the win. Yeah, go with the Cyclones. All right, I got to do an audible in this situation because I can't. Either way, though, it is an upset either way because Oklahoma State is ranked, but Iowa State comes in. They're favored by seven points right now at home. That's a, So either way, if Oklahoma State wins, it's an upset. Iowa State, it's an upset. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I think their their offense is really solid. I think we're gearing up for a really – uh, interesting last week of the season uh, with Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma. They could be undefeated at that point. Uh, Michigan could be in the top 10 with Ohio State. Uh, that rivalry weekend is looking extra special. Uh, and I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to stay undefeated to keep that special uh, times going. And uh, just so we're not having the same picks uh, again this week. So we'll move on uh, to the final game of the week. We've got two loss Clemson going up against a one loss Pittsburgh team. If you have told me that Pittsburgh would be the ranked team in this matchup at the beginning of the season, I would not have believed you. Uh, Dylan, who do you like uh, in the ACC matchup? So I don't like either one of them, but I got to pick a team. Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh because I need Pittsburgh to win. Um, that 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 makes Tennessee look better because Tennessee played a tough game against Pittsburgh, a game where a lot of Tennessee starters went down. Tennessee needs the resume to be better, and for that reason only, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Plus, I think logically in my football brain, Pittsburgh has a really good offense. Clemson does not. So if Pittsburgh's able to put up points, I don't think Clemson can keep up. Uh, it's it's, in, it's at Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I think Clemson's gonna have three losses, which I wow would never have expected that. But yeah, I'm, I'm going Pitt. Uh, going with the Panthers, that high-powered offense. I think I think they're gonna be able to score some points on Clemson's defense, and Clemson won't be able to keep up. Maybe yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I really wanted to go with Pittsburgh this week, but I think I I still have Clemson winning the ACC, so I'm going to pick Clemson in this game because I think they're going to win the rest of their ACC matchups. Um, I don't like Clemson's offense. I think they're at the beginning of the season, I thought DJ uh, Uangule would give them a different look. Uh, At this point, it's just been just a worse look uh, than Trevor Lawrence, but I still think Clemson's very, very talented. We know that they've got a bunch of talent on that team. It just takes a little bit to get them on the right path. Uh, I, I still think Clemson's the most, the best team in the ACC. So I think they're going to the up end a pit team this weekend, uh, give them their second loss, jump back into the rankings uh, and then have Wake Forest looking over their shoulder a little bit with Clemson uh, gaining on them a little bit. Um, so I've got Clemson, I've got Oklahoma state and I've got Notre Dame. You've got Notre Dame, Iowa state and Pittsburgh. So we'll get those uh, graphics up for you guys uh, here very quickly on social media. All right. That will do it from us. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we jump off today? 
Um, I am excited for a fun weekend of sports. Um, I'm headed to Murray, Kentucky for homecoming. Murray State takes on our uh, heated rival, Austin P, and we're going to be sure to flush the P on Saturday at at uh, historic Roy Stewart Stadium. Um, and we'll be partaking in the tailgating at Tent City, which is always a special environment. Um, I'm excited for Tennessee's game against Alabama, which will be terrible. I It's going to be fun, though. It's always fun watching Tennessee play against an NFL team. So uh, that, that'll be fun. They're playing in Tuscaloosa Saturday night. And then uh, the Titans play the Chiefs and what is going to be a huge game uh, that I think the Titans play the Bills Monday, play the Chiefs Sunday. And that's just two games that I can see being in the AFC playoffs this year. Uh, so exciting stuff to be able to measure where the Titans are, uh, which I thought all belonged. They're pretty good. And that game against the Bills made me think that, but they've also lost to the Jets. So I don't know. Very excited about all that stuff. Obviously basketball throughout the weekend. The Grizzlies play the Clippers, and then they play the Lakers as well as they make an L.A. trip. And then all the baseball. I'm, I'm excited to see if the Braves can finally do it. They're up 3-1. I, I want to see if they can do it over the Dodgers. And then if the Red Sox can make a comeback, if not – the Astros are back in the World Series, and that's interesting because it's the Astros, and everybody hates them. The One of the best villains of all time, just the Houston Astros. So, yeah, World Series. We'll get to probably get – we'll be talking about the World Series next week, I think. I think it'll time out right. We'll be able to talk about the World Series and preview that next week. But, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Sports coming back, basketball's back. World Series almost back. Football's in the full swing. Lots and lots of fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We've kind of neglected the the MLB postseason, but we will get you some World Series stuff coming your way next week. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all right, everyone, you can find us online. Let me know where – I will let you know where you can find us online. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dylan Dylan Show. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore TV Sports on Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will meet you back here next week. See you later.